This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. At Progressive, we know there's nothing like the feeling of riding a motorcycle with your crew on the open road. It's a primal, wild freedom. A feeling that would be impossible to recreate on the radio. Until now. Hit it, sound effects guy. Hmm, no. You know, we really lost a stride at the end there. Get 24-7 roadside assistance with Progressive, America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Roadside assistance subject to policy terms and limits and may require comprehensive coverage. On August 25th, I'm the most brutal, vicious, ruthless champion that's ever been. The most anticipated original series is here. You may know Tyson. You're the heavyweight champion of the world, young, rich, and black. But do you know Mike? The minute you get too big, they gotta cut you down. Starring Trevante Rhodes. Um, I am Mike. And Harvey Keitel. They'll love you as much as they fear you. Now I'm really gonna have some fun. Mike, series premiere August 25th, only on Hulu. Hi, welcome back to another edition of That Mill Podcast. This is episode number 58. Um, This is being recorded after the Peterborough uh, victory at home, which obviously we won 3-0, and... We were sort of glad to beat them, but sort of ooh, only if, what if, roll on bank holiday Monday. Fulham's just stuffed Luton 7-0. And I've got a feeling it's game on. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say start celebrating yet, but you never know. Anyway, this episode we have Joe back. Hello, Joe. Hi, Mickey. How you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. We have the one and only football guru, Kai Bennett. Hello, mate. Good to be back and uh, good to talk about victory. Uh, absolutely. And we have the one and only Chris back as well. So Joe and Chris back by popular demand. Hello, Chris. Good evening, fellas. You all right? Yes, mate. I'm all good. I'm all good. So, uh, yes. Right. Let me just move uh, Kai there. There we go. Uh Right, without further ado, then we're going to crack in. We've got a full schedule uh, tonight. No Omar tonight, um, but he will be back with us on the next episode. So, without further ado, we'll be back straight after this. Welcome back, part one of episode 58. Um, I'll start with you, Chris. Peterborough, 3-0. Great result. Is it game on again? I mean, I think we'd have probably all taken 3-0 before the game. Um, And especially at (laughs) half-time. I think it was a typical performance, wasn't it? The the first half was pretty boring. I think Afobi said it in um, his post-match interview, how we've kind of got used to this bit of a stalemate at half-time and then we come out second half and really sort of um, go all guns firing. But um, I guess it's a case of what could have been. I think, you know, we definitely had the opportunities to get another couple of goals. Um, so it could have been four or five. But you know what? It's just really nice to go to Bournemouth on the last game of the season with, even if it's just a glimmer of hope. I saw on Twitter earlier tonight that our odds to get in the playoffs have come down from 100 to 1 
to 33 to 1 after Fulham, 7 0 fresh in the Luton. So, do we dare to dream? Don't know. We're always the nearly men, but um, it's lovely to have something to play for. Yeah, it was a it was a really nice victory um, on Saturday. Just like a, it felt almost like a bit of an end of season game when we first came out. Lovely to see um, the you know North Stand have fans in it. I thought it was a superb atmosphere on Saturday as well. Um, and it just, I guess, the second half just sort of, I guess, brought the fans in, into the game almost because first half it was quite difficult to be, um, I guess, loud about anything because it was pretty boring first half. But second half they really turned it on, uh, turned it up a gear, and Bennett scored a great goal. Was he? Little bit of bit, bit of quality from Jed, great ball in. Uh, Josh Knight turns into his own net, and then George Stafford at the back post. It could have been more, as you said, Chris, but I think everyone would have taken three 0 as you said. And yeah, definitely feel like the, the chances are on. I'm the most optimistic of them, so you know I'm, I'm always going to say it's on. But I think now I'm, I've got a few people behind me, sort of sort of looking at that way as well. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I agree. I think the first half was a bit flat, wasn't it? I think we do that sometimes when we're playing against a team. That are of a lower caliber with respect to uh, Peterborough, we kind of match them a little bit, and uh, we didn't really show our quality. Um, but second half, I think we looked a lot better. We, we flew out the traps a bit faster. We showed a bit more quality, uh, and after the first goal went in, you can just sort of see us then in control. Uh, what was really interesting is the difference that Jed made for us when he came on. Um, I just thought straight away, like he kind of lifted the team. He, yeah, his quality. Uh, both on the ball and off the ball, the way he kind of you know motivated his teammates. Two great assists. I mean, I'll give him the second assist. I think that own goal was from his, his cross, wasn't it? Um, and yeah, just a much much better second half. Really enjoyed the second half. Agree, Joe. And I think um, I think Mason Bennett made a big difference as well. I think Mason Bennett um, makes such a difference when he's part of the squad. You know, when he came on at Birmingham, I think he, he well it was him who put the ball in from the left hand side. He makes a big mm. difference, but. I also want to mention Bart because I think he made, if I remember rightly, um, there was a chance in the first half that Clark Harris had where he didn't save, but he sort of come out and did well to put him off. Um, and then I'm sure he made a good save in the second half right at the start. Um, and the thing is, and Rowett said this in his sort of interview around the, uh, the Player of the Year awards, we've just come to expect this of Bart, like this, this consistency. And there's been a lot of times this season where we've gone on to win games where when we were level, Bart has made significant saves. Um, and I just I just thought it's worth raising because, yes, it was 3-0, um, but so often this season, Bart has made saves at the right time um, and, and, and has helped us sort of maintain kind of a level playing field and go on and, and allow us to go on to get the win. I think Bart's been fantastic again this season. No, I fully agree. I think Bart's been a, a, a great signing and a, and a great servant for us. Um He's won the Player of the Year two seasons on the trot, obviously beaten this year by Murray Wallace. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, the Ipswich fans um, before he comes said, "You're getting yourself a great keeper," and I think he's just he's just moulded himself in into that position. Um, I think with Long sitting on the sideline, he's another experienced keeper who we've got waiting in the sidelines. But I just think that Bart doesn't make any mistakes and. And unfortunately, Long just hasn't hasn't got in, um, apart from obviously the cup games. But yeah, no, I agree, and and with Bennett. So um, yeah, go on, Chris. What what you've just put something in the group? Go on. <laughs> I mean, um, Keller was a little bit before my time. Like literally, just as I was starting to go down there. But I was just saying, and maybe it's a topic for us. I don't know. Just um, he's <laughs> bar up there with the likes of Casey Keller. Tony Warner, the best keepers we've had. Uh, just an interesting debate, I think. Um, I think if he has one more season, then I think you've got to. He's very consistent. He's a superb shot stopper, like genuinely. Yes, he can't kick. Yes, he doesn't like crosses. Um, but everything else I think he's absolutely fantastic at. And for me, I would put him up there with with the likes of, of Casey Keller and, um, and Tony Warner. Joe, what do you Maybe. think? Yeah, I mean, he's I, I, definitely up there. What's really interesting, I think a lot of um, Mill fans for different generations will probably agree with this, is that over the years, we've had some really good goalkeepers, but they've never really been exceptional in all areas of goalkeeping. So, for example, I mean, Brian Horn, you know, back in, in the 80s, great shot stopper, um, not very tall, so he wasn't very sort of agile, wasn't particularly great on crosses, I don't think, um, but he was a great shot stopper. Um 
Warner, I think, of anything, I think he was probably better with his feet. I think he had good feet, good composure. I mean, many times, you know, balls just fall back to him and you think, oh, what's he going to do here? He'll have the confidence and the arrogance almost kind of like drop a shoulder and go past a, a striker and then, and then actually, you know, pass the ball out to a defender. Um, Bart's kicking is not not brilliant. Um, he's, he's, his shot stopping is fantastic. Um, sometimes I love to sort of see him catch balls from crosses, you know, from corners. He tends to kind of like punch them and where it doesn't come out as, as often as he should do. Um, but that being said, I think we people mentioned it, you know, before, if he did have all these other qualities, he'd probably be playing, playing the premiership, wouldn't he? You know, he wouldn't be playing in the championship. So I think he suits our setup. You know, the way how Mill will play, we, we tend to try and play with a, a fairly kind of like rigid sort of high line where we don't often have a lot of crosses to deal with. The, the defenders tend to deal with the crosses defensively. Um, so therefore, you need Bart to be called upon from shots from from range. Um, and quite often, that's where he's really saved that, doesn't he? Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I, and I agree with Chris. I think probably it will definitely be another show and probably I'll look at maybe getting a, a couple of the ex-keepers we have to, to help us decide who, <laughs> you know, who is... You know, what does it take to be a legend? Um, especially Kingy would probably be involved. Kingy would get in on that because um, he is a legend. He is a, a, you know, he was a cracking keeper. Um, and, yeah, I'd definitely probably speak to Hordy as well. Hordy would, would be one to sit there and, you know, par par um, who they are. It'd be good possibly to sit there and see, you know, for a few of our keepers where we would put them in in ranking. Um yeah, you know, because obviously Forty as well. well yeah, well, I mean, I've done a show with Forty before. It'd be good to possibly see what you know, see if we can get Forty and just discuss what makes a a legendary keeper. Maybe I don't know. There's a show there, but thing I've just given the show idea away. But that'd oh, be well, a great, oh, great idea. Oh, I'd love to see it. I'm sure even Dennis James will be up for that as well, wouldn't he? On the thought. Yeah, maybe we're um, yeah, possibly it'd be good to do a legend show, wouldn't it? But yeah, um, we've. Fulham's result tonight, so unfortunately, if you were trying to avoid knowing what the score was or anything else, unfortunately, um, yeah, we're not the BBC. We don't tell you to turn away now. Uh, Fulham beat Luton 7-0. The goal difference now is they're on plus seven, we're on plus nine. They need to win their last game by at least, um, well, they, they need to win their next game, I suppose, to beat us. But um, if it's a draw, they need to draw two well, they need. Well, they don't really need to draw, do they? I suppose it's. Um, they they can't, score they goals. Can't, to be fair, basically. they can't lose, can they? I think Borough are the only one that can catch them, apart from us. Yeah. If they if they draw, it's all over for us because we can't catch them. Yeah. But so, so how are you? Sorry. Hang on. I was just going to say, I'm right in thinking they've got to now go for the win because yes. if they draw and Middlesbrough win, Middlesbrough actually yeah. overtake them. Is that right? Yeah. Borough, Borough overtake them because they're a goal mm. difference. They draw, we're, we're, we're out of it, basically. We need, we need them to lose. I think Bur mm. Borough fail to win. Uh, we, Luton, lose and we win. We make the playoffs. But obviously, then we're also forgetting Sheffield United as well. So, we've got away in that way as well. So, you know, Sheffield, if Fulham can dish out another 7-0 on, on Saturday, <laughs> then obviously, Borough and Millwall could replace them, both of them, couldn't they? It'd be quite incredible. I, I, I honestly think that Fulham are going to go out finishing strong. Yes, yeah, so do I. Um, I think they're just going to go out and show the world what they are. I can see that mm. their star player wants to make sure that no one in the championship for eternity is going to beat his goal scoring record um, and go from there. I think, yeah, Sheffield will probably get spanked. Hopefully, Borough um, gets spanked and then it's down to us. As I said previous on the show, I would love it to go to the last game of the season and mm. those results on there. Um, into it. Dan Poor posted something right, quite funny that Bournemouth's for first goal is by um, Jake Cooper's own goal, and then Jed Wallace scores ours. So um, yeah, on the 89th minute. But um, hey ho, we need a win on Saturday, regardless. And um, and the Bournemouth, we looked as if it it didn't mean nothing, but now potentially Bournemouth is looking as if it's actually going to mean a lot this time um, and one of those games that you know you're going to wish you were at 
especially going forward, if it does all go the right way. Go on, Joe. I just say it's, it's interesting, isn't it? One one moment you got the uh, the guys that had the Bournemouth tickets were quite happy to sell the tickets, weren't they? Yesterday and last couple of days, I've seen lots of stuff on social media and, and tickets being sold. Whereas now, I'm sure they're all searching their uh, their, their bins and uh, trying to buy, buy tickets back, aren't they, to, to go? Because suddenly we're we're back in again. And I think it's just a credit to Mill. It's incredible, really, when you think about it. I mean, to be still in contention. Uh, of making the playoffs with the last game of the season coming, it's really remarkable because, um, you know, I, I think, you know, it's a real, real sort of long long outside chance of us making it into the playoffs still. Um, but the fact we're actually in it um, and then, you know, watching the game next Saturday, knowing that results could go away and we could possibly make it through, it's just very fortunate to be in this situation. But personally, I don't know, I, I think it's it's... Still going to be tough for us. Uh, you can really see like Preston winning or Reading winning doing us a favour, and us still not quite beating Bournemouth uh, last game of the season, which is typical of, of, of Millwall, unfortunately. You know, no, that's it. Go on, Kai. I was going to say that with Bournemouth, it's a difficult one because obviously Bournemouth play Forest. I know it come out to podcast come out Tuesday, so it'll be tonight when people are listening. But mm. Borough, uh, Bournemouth play Forest, so I think Forest win, they go above them. But in a way, you kind of want. It depends which way you, you think about it, because you could you could almost want Bournemouth to have nothing to play for and they're already on the beach and they're already up. But if you have that, then you never know if, if they'll play, you know, their football might be more expansive, um, so that they're, not, they're not so worried. Or do you want them to have something to play for and they're a bit nervous? But, but you know, I guess it could you could look at it both ways and both ways could suit you better. But then again, both ways could go against you, couldn't they? Also, Clive, just to add to that, I mean, supposedly they get the result against Forest. That means that they're up then, don't they? If they win yes. tomorrow. Yeah, they so do, yeah. do they then rest their key players in preparation for the playoffs? So uh, for, for the next season and try some youngsters are not quite getting a game at the moment, sorry. And therefore, when they play against us, we're playing against reserve players, maybe young players, not necessarily the key players that might be sort of like struggling, holding injuries at the moment. Uh, but I don't know if that work in our favour or against us. I guess the downside of that is if you've got youngsters coming through, what are they going to be doing? They're going to be proving a point. They want to state a claim for a, for a place in the team. So I'm not quite sure which way that, that would help us if they did beat uh, Forest tomorrow. No, definitely. I think, I mean, end of the day, they're footballers, but they're humans, right? If they beat Forest tomorrow, they're, they're going to go on, on the piss, isn't they? They're going to have a party. Um, they've got to play us, obviously... We haven't played since Saturday, so we'll have fresher legs, arguably, than, yeah. than yeah. That what they will. Hopefully, Jed mm -hmm. and Mason will be fully fit. So I would take that. I would take Bournemouth being promoted uh, and then we kind of ruin their um, their sort of homecoming on, on Saturday. But for me, yeah, of course, we need other teams to do us favours, but it's just about taking care of our own results, right? We, we need to go to Bournemouth. We need mm -hmm. to win by one or two clear goals. Um, and then uh, let's just see what happens. But... I think every Millwall fan, there's not a single Millwall fan that'd be watching this that if you'd have asked them at the start of the season on the last on the last game, going to Bournemouth, you'll be on 69 points with even a smidgen of a chance of getting in the playoffs. I think we'd all taken that. So hats off to, to the whole club. I think it's a so, result. Obviously, we put up some points we wanted to talk about earlier. And, and one of the ones there, what one of you put in was, um, have we been punching about our weight, punching above our weight this season? Or have we underachieved by not being in the playoffs already? Um, we'll go with you, Joe, on that first. Um, personally, I think we definitely have been punching above our weights. Um, when you look at you know, the money that's, that we've got to spend on players, on wages, I think we've got like the third or fourth lowest uh, budget in the division. So that says a lot. That shows where, where we should be, really. We should be um, you know, fighting relegation every season. The fact that we're always... You know, the last sort of few years been sort of pushing up towards the playoff sort of areas is fantastic. So I think we definitely are punched above our weights. I know there are some Mill fans that are saying, well, look, we need progression. We finished eighth last season, whatever it was, you know, when we should be looking to move for forward and get into the playoffs. But the fact this is our fifth season, I believe, in the championship, and then next year will be our sixth season in a, in a, in a row, it's Fantastic. I mean, the last time I think we've gone six or more is back when when you were talking with your mates on that show, yeah, in, in, the, in the late sixties and early seventies. So, yeah. you know, we've really, really been sort of punched by our weights, and um, yeah, 
I, I think we've we done we've done very very well. I, I agree. I think um, you, you're right, Joe. I think we're sort of definitely bottom quartile in terms of budgets. Um, so um, the whole time we finish above that, to me, simple math dictates that we're punching above our weight. I think the frustrating thing is, and I think a lot of fans will be like, it's still so close. Like if we'd have held on against that game against Luton. Mm. Or got to win against Birmingham. Shambles away at Peterborough or whatever. I mean, there's always some mm. basketball clubs have this, right? Yeah. Uh, there's been games that I'm sure that, you know, the point against Birmingham, did we really deserve that penalty? Probably not. So, so it's it swings and roundabouts. But one of the mm. other things I kind of want to say about sort of punching above our way is there's a lot of players in our team that um, maybe rejects is a harsh word, but players wow. weren't wanted by other clubs. I mean, it's the truth. So, you know, let, let, let's be real here. So, who, who, would you, who would you class in that sort of category? So, I'm just making a list. So, yeah. uh, Obi is one. Yeah. 13 goals um, when, you know, he wasn't wanted by Stoke. Um, he got two assists as well, isn't he? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. 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 Uh, Savile wasn't wanted by Middlesbrough. Uh, yeah. It obviously worked out very well for a lot of different reasons, but he wasn't wanted yeah. by Middlesbrough. Hutch wasn't wanted by Fulham quite a few yeah. years ago, but that's another one. That's true. Um, Hooper obviously was let go by Reading. They were happy for him to go. Yeah. Um, so th- th- there's Jed obviously wasn't by Wolves. I know he was in a in a in a higher league. Mason Bennett, Scott Malone. You know, Malone. These players. The, maybe rejects is the wrong word, but you get the point I'm trying to make here. Yeah. Players yeah. that weren't wanted by other clubs that we've been able to mould. Uh, I think Murray Wallace was at Huddersfield earlier on in his career and he was kind of released and, and then went back down into lower leagues. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of players there. And I, I think that the club and Railway have, uh, need to need to take some credit for that because they've moulded them into a very good team. Mm-hmm. I don't think there are many standout players. I think obviously Jed is the obvious one who we'll talk a bit about later in the show, I'm sure. But yeah, so I, um, I think it's been a, a really good season for us. Mm-hmm. And, and also just to add to that, Chris, as well, the fact that yeah, we're looking at two youngsters this season, I think have really developed and really evolved yeah. uh, as, as players, as individuals. You know, you look at Danny McNamara, of course, and, and uh, Billy Mitchell. Um, these guys will be getting a lovely sort of long run run of games in, into the team. And you can see with the run of games that they, they've had, how that's really helped them, um, you know, develop as, as players. And, you know, personally, I, I would say that they're, they're, you know, they are first team players, that they'd be, might be my best 11. If I picked the best 11, those two would definitely be in it. And it's a credit, you know, to uh, Millwall's youth system, uh, bringing these players through and giving them a chance to sort of play well, you could add, you could add uh, Ollie Burke to that list as well, couldn't you? I think second half yeah. of the season, I mean, I know he got injured for a little while, but I think he's mm. been superb. Every time he's played, he's looked a real threat. And that game against Birmingham, it was just a little bit, maybe a slightly better service to him, maybe in behind and maybe slightly better better crosses to him and, and balls in behind. I think he would have been even more dangerous than he already was. And I thought Saturday he was very good. Peterborough mm. didn't really know how to deal with him. And then one good challenge on him down by the, the way end. Um, he just every time he got the ball, he just looked like he was he was absolutely crazy. Yeah, yeah Chris, he fans laugh when we signed him, and also they also laughed when we signed. Um, it wasn't no, it wasn't Sheffield. It was Sheffield United as well, but it was also QPR because I remember that day the story broke that the Sky Sports uh, Journal that tweeted out, um, up, didn't QPR, yeah, QPR is set to sign Oliver Burke, and then he went, oh no, it's actually Millwall, and the QPR fans are all laughing. Oh, thank God it's not us. Thank God it's yeah, yeah, whatever. But he's done superb, and I think QPR looking back, I reckon they would probably would have. Would have actually liked to have him now, especially yeah. with their injuries. Yeah, yeah. He, he works so hard. I think he fits in really well to our system. I mean, he's pacey. He's got you know speed to to, to burn, and um, yeah, he, he works hard. You see how he presses, you know, and, and how, how hard he works. He sort of really sort of defends from the front sometimes, you know, um, and that can motivate your teammates as well. When you see him sort of you know chasing sort of fullbacks down and, and centre backs down, and goalkeepers down. It just lifts the rest of the team, you know. And I think having players out in your team is is a, is a very positive. You may not be scoring all the time or getting loads of assists, but it's a, it's a small things he does. I think will help the other other team, you know. The rest of the also, team. don't for, don't forget, but um, Bury as well. I mean, Bury was at Wimbledon, um, and they 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 basically they beat Stevenage in the last game, and he was there, and he refused yeah. the contract with them, and then come to us what twenty nineteen, two yeah. years, three years on, all of a sudden now he's in the first team and. And, he, yeah. and he's pretty much fights for a position. He, he's, you know, he's either on the team or on the bench. And we yeah. only we only pay compensation, I think, for him. 
good good point you made there, Mickey. And also, I, I remember getting on my haircut a couple of years ago, and I can't remember the name of the assistant manager at, at Wimbledon. Um, but I was talking to him, we just had a bit of a chit chat, and he said, "I oh, heard you support." I said, "Millwall." But the guys, oh, all right, you've taken our youngster, Bury. And um, he was quite open and sensible. We didn't want him to go. We didn't want him to go. You know, we, he's, a, he's a player for the future, um, but we couldn't stop him. You know, Mill will come in for him. We've had to let him go. And they were, he was really gutted. You know, he didn't really want him to go. And I didn't really know much about Bury. I, I knew, knew of him, of course. Um, and we've seen glimpses of his potential. You know, I don't think he's anywhere quite close to being a first-team starter at the moment. But give it another sort of season, perhaps, you know, we're, we're again, but like, like Mitchell and McNamara will run a games. Hopefully, we can start seeing his potential coming to fruition. You know, I mean, obviously, this leads quite nicely into Rowett. Would you, obviously, as far as I know, I don't know, Kai might know more from the um, from the, the inside and knowledge being a journal. Um, Rowett's allegedly contract is up in the summer on a rolling contract now, where he can go forward and give a month's notice, allegedly. That's what the rumour is. Um, either him or us can give a month's notice, us as in Millwall. Um, but do you keep him or do you look to replace him? Uh, go with you, Chris. Um, it's it's funny because that, that question almost assumes it's in our hands and we can make the decision. Um <laughs> And and and, and yeah, assuming I mean, he can make yeah he can make the decision himself. But I'm just saying, would you want to keep him or would you want to replace him? I I, I keep him 100. I think um, I don't I don't know what I don't know. Right. So there's lots of rumours about he's he's applied for the West Bromwich Albion job and then didn't get it. And you know there's rumours about um, his man management and, and all that sort of stuff. But I, I don't know what's true. Right. So I can only go on results and what I see. Um, I think he speaks really well. I think, as we've already just talked, he's done a really good job. I mean, um, three top half finishes. And, you know, at the end of the day, he set a plan out, a three-year plan. And by the end of that three years, they'll be challenging for the playoffs. And he's hit that. So, um, with with a small budget. So, I'd keep him. Um, regardless of who's the manager in the summer, there's going to be a huge change in um, like player turnover, I think. I'd like to see him oversee it. Uh, be interesting to see what sort of players him and, and Alex Aldridge bring to the club, but assuming it's in our, you know, uh, ability to to have him at the helm next season, I would. I think it's a, a be careful what you wish for as well. You know, I I always had that Mick McCarthy Ipswich um, uh, scenario in my head where they I think they'd finished in the, the top half three or four years running, but the football was boring and they wanted him out. They then got him out and then they were relegated the, the very next season. So. But yeah, that's my view on it. I'd keep him if it's if it's uh, possible for us. But yeah, Kai, what do you think? And I don't know whether if you know any more in terms of how, where his head's at in the minute. No, I don't actually know any more. But I, I would keep him personally. Um, I think I think he's done a really good job overall. I know obviously sometimes the football isn't the most attractive football to watch, especially maybe first half of the season. But since that Fulham game where we lost three 0 and he sort of said there's 17 cup finals to go, I think the football has been better. Um, we I know we've spoken about a little bit about how. You know, the injuries might have maybe meant his hand was forced in certain positions and he could sort of, I guess, sort of found a winning formula rather than looked, sort of found it himself, you know, found it with the players that he had available. But I think he, I think the two substitutions on Saturday were really good. The, obviously, bringing Mason Bennett and Jeff Wallace on then um, was really good because it just sort of freshened us up a little bit. And, and every time we scored on Saturday, I know that was, we had to do it anyway, but the players you could see three new up, Savills scored, and they they were running back to the halfway line for more. I think that was a much it's a much better maybe ethos to have right now, and I, I think Gary's done a good job, and I'd like to see him stay next year. I'd like to see him what he can do with maybe a bit, be you know a lot more players have gone in the summer, so be interested to see what he can do with, with maybe maybe having to sign more players because obviously Harris had that chance, didn't he? Um, with um, what was it, a couple months before he left, maybe. Um, the last his last track when he's brought in Mahoney, brought in Bart. Um and he did he did a, a pretty decent well, he did a decent job apart from obviously Jay Bod and a couple others. Um but I'd like to see what Gary could do though that maybe with if he signed eight or nine players and a few more attacking players, it'd be interesting to see what he could do. Joe. Yeah, I mean it's a bit of a no no brainer for me. Um I think he's done fantastic. You know, I have always been I'm quite proud to say I've always been like a rowet in sort of um person. I, I know people have been split on this throughout the season. 
Um, but he's done great. Again, go back to my first point, you know, with a low spoke, small budget to play with. Um, he's worked tremendously hard, done a fantastic job with the players available to him. Um, and it's a, a results business, isn't it? You know, and um, I guess you're only as good as, as, as what the league table says you are. And on that basis, I think he's done a fantastic job. Um, and let's be honest, if we did if he did leave or decide to leave or we were to get rid of him, who are we going to replace him with? I mean, some people talk about Daesh and you know, a few other names, but I'll be funny. You know, I don't think Daesh should want to come to the Championship, come to Millwall. I think he'd be on, on way too much more money than that. And he'd be looking to take on a Premiership club or even a club that are seriously challenging uh, in, in the Championship with a big budget. So um, on that note, I think, you know, we just, we just got to be you know, happy to have, uh, have Rowett and um, hope that he signs a extension or new contract or something and we keep here for another, another season or two and see where we, where we go with it. Yeah. I don't like the, the rolling contract thing because I, I, I was thinking, why, why, is, why is that? Why, you know, where, where's the commitment either way? Where does that sit? Mm-hmm. But I think, um, especially at the minute with the likes of Dyche, Mark Warburton, Tony Mowbray all being out of contract now, where it looks like Tony Mowbray will be anyway, I think Millwall fans will, will see that and think maybe the grass is greener. Like, oh, what could Warburton do with this one? Or, or whatever, um, and it's a. I guess it's a case of stick or twist. I agree with you, Joe. I don't think Dice would have as much as you know. He knows. I think how much Millwall fans love him, and and I think Wolf and. But I, I don't think he would be in our pay range. But if it was a choice of keeping Rowett or or kind of twisting and going for Mark Warburton or Tony Mowbray, like Campbell, isn't it? Yeah, I, I would keep Rowett personally. Mm. Um, I've got a few friends that are QPR season ticket holders, and and they all say that. Warburton is he plays yeah he plays very nice football on the eye, but I mean you can only just just look at um look how they capitulated in the second half of the season yeah they've had injuries but mm. we all um so be careful what you wish for. No, I agree with that completely. I think um, it'll be interesting to see where Rag goes next with the fact that there's a lot of players up at the end of this season loans. Um, being done, you know, finishing, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It'll be interesting to see um, who he brings in, what they bring in, um, whether or not we go after trying to buy some of these loan players if we can get hold of them. Um, so yeah, I think I think the jury's still out on that. I mean, on on that, um, let's talk about a phobia. There, it comes nicely into a phobia. Um, a phobia, as you said earlier, 12 goals, two assists. Um, he's not the most consistent fella in the world. Um, some games he looks as if he can't be bothered and then all of a sudden something just happens and he stick the ball in the back of the net and that, you know, the first 60, 70 minutes you're moaning about him going lazy bastard and all of a sudden <laughs> he scores and turns the game on his head. Um, is it a player you want to keep? Um, if we afford it, if, if, if I can get him on loan, if we get him on loan, I would say definitely. You know, to be fair, I think if we get Ballard on loan, I'll say yes. If we get Burke again on loan, I'll say yes. You know, Freeman unfortunately hasn't had many minutes to kind of show what he can do, but um, just those three players alone Ballard, Burke, and a phobia, I'll say yeah, 100%. If we get him on loan next season, get him in. Um, to sign him, if we, if we did somehow do something on a free, a free, free deal to get him on board. I think Chris mentioned it on the last um, episode we did. Unless he's willing to take a, a massive pay cut uh, on his wages, um, I can't see us sort of paying whatever it is he's on. I know he's on a decent amount um, to get him in, but he's almost tried and tested. I quite like the idea of him being tried. To, we know what he can bring. Um, he, can, he can score a few goals for us. Um, I don't think Bradshaw probably would have scored as many goals if it wasn't for a phobie being up there with him. So it's helped Bradshaw bag a few goals as well. On August 25th, I'm the most brutal, vicious, ruthless champion that ever been. The most anticipated original series is here. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. You may know Tyson. You're the heavyweight champion of the world, young, rich and black. But do you know Mike? The minute you get too big, they gotta cut you down. Starring Trevante Rhodes. Um, I am Mike. And Harvey Keitel. They'll love you as much as they fear you. Now I'm really gonna have some fun. Mike, series premiere August 25th, only on Hulu. This summer, when you're on the go, stay connected to what matters most with access to over 3 million Cox Wi-Fi hotspots. Learn more at cox.com. Ask Ashley the podcast is sponsored by Cox. Um, And uh, yeah, I think you kind of know what you get with Phoebe, didn't you? Um, And I think it'd be a good bit of business if we could try to get him back on again, whether that be another another season's loan or on a perm, a, 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 a decent sort of deal for us. Yeah, um, agree, Joe. And I think if, if the, the commercials work, I, I would definitely have him back, whether it's alone, permanent, whatever. I think uh, in his post-match interview on Saturday, he kept referring to we. So like, it's like next, next pre-season, we'll go in knowing what we can do here and stuff like that. So he, to me, he's talking... I mean, he's always said all the right things. We know that. Whether, mm. whether that's one of or whether he just knows how to play the crowds, I don't know. But either way, he, know, he knows what he's doing and, and fair play to him. So he talks about being here next season. Um, I also think he's quite a grounded chap in the sense that if he's on 40 bags a week at Stoke, whether he's got that for another year because that's his contract or not, he knows he's not getting anywhere near that after this yeah. year. So maybe it's a case of, you know, drop down to 15 and get a three-year deal at Millwall or whatever. But yeah. um, he's he's at home there. You know, obviously, he, he likes it down here. That's obvious for everyone to see. So, um, I think it makes sense. The only thing I, I, I'd add finally to that is I think the Birmingham game summed him up perfectly because after about 60, 70 minutes, he had the opportunity to go in hard with a goalkeeper where the keeper messed up and he kind of bottled the challenge. And I just see Twitter erupt with sort of fans whinging about him. And then he goes, and I personally wouldn't want to bloody do it, in the 98th minute, <laughs> like superb penalty bottom corner when we needed him most and I don't know that game for me just sort of summarised since he's come back to us so mm. um, yeah I don't know what you think Kai No I'd definitely take him um, arguably I think he probably should be on more more goals um, Gary, Gary said this a couple of times he probably should be touching 17-18 really um, the amount we you know he's had a couple of good chances maybe he's, he's missed or they haven't quite, quite fallen to him right um, and then you have to look at the time he's out. I think he's been out for six, seven games as well. Um, mm. Started a few. If, if you know, if he if he was fit the whole season, I reckon he might have hit seventeen, eighteen goals. Which you know, striker in the championship is very respectable. And if he, you know, if he's banging in eighteen goals for a mill, I don't think we've had a. When was the last time we had a twenty goal a season striker? Was it Mor- Morrison maybe? Morrison um, in the championship championship mm-hmm. maybe or? Well, yeah, Gregory, Morrison, Morrison, yeah. I think I don't think Gregory got because I know Morrison got. 13, I think he needs to one of his last seasons with us. Mm. Maybe one of his first, I don't know. Yeah, he got 13. But mm. if, if Benick scores 17, 18 goals in a season, it's a pretty good return, isn't it? If he, if he, you know, probably where he should be roughly about. Mm. So I'll definitely keep him. I mean, while we're on that, we're talking about signings and players and all that. Areas that need strengthening in, um, we'll go you first, Kai. Areas that need strengthening. Um, or we need to be looking at for next season. Attack, attack, attack. <laughs> plenty of players out of contract, isn't it? I think obviously Jed, Jed's right winger. I think probably need to go after someone like. But it depends which formation you play because that's the whole thing about Alex Aldridge coming in, isn't it? With maybe as a football director, we have almost like an ethos we're gonna we're gonna stick to. And if you're gonna play the four, I guess the five, two, three with someone in behind the front two. Then maybe you go after more of a central attacking midfielder where Jed and Burke have been playing recently, and less for wingers. Maybe it depends, depends if you're going to play narrow or wide. Um, but I definitely just go after attackers generally. Um, maybe a couple of strikers. Two. I'd like to see. Depends if Bennett can Bennett comes back in. Depends if Burke stays. Um, but I'd like to see at least two, three strikers come in because um, I, I feel like we never really replaced 
I know we, they didn't act, didn't do well, especially Bovarsson, but Smith and Bovarsson were never actually replaced, were they? Um, so I'd like to see you know a couple of people replaced for them, basically. And then maybe a, I think we're pretty stacked in the midfield, unless Keefton Bell goes, potentially. Um, but I'd like to see another a defender come in if we can't bring Ballard in. But yeah, plenty of plenty of business to go on in the summer. Yeah, I mean, I, I think defensively, although we, we would need cover if Ballard leaves, I think we've got players that can play in that position. So you're looking at, you know, Murray Wallace can sort of get in the back three with Cooper, Hutch. You've got um, Leonard that could, that could play centre-back. You know, will Alex Mitchell return next season? Perhaps he can, he can get, get a start or get a couple of games uh, at the back as well. Um, midfield, I think we've got quite a lot of midfielders. I think Mitchell, we've got Saville. Um, Leonard, um, if Keith Bell stays, I'm not quite sure, but I think you're right there, Kai. An attack, uh, we definitely need some some players. I mean, obviously, if 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 Jed uh, leaves, it's a massive hole to fill there. Um, if so, I don't know when we play that front three. Sometimes when you got um, playing the three rather than Jed behind the two, um, I notice he tends to play Bradshaw in the middle, and he kind of puts a phobia on the left side. Yeah. And I, although he could do a job there, I, I really don't feel we're kind of utilising him well enough because he's having to kind of track back a little bit at times. Well, I don't think that's quite his game, is it? Um, you almost want him and Bradshaw playing together as a, as a partnership and then the third player playing behind them. At the moment, I can only see Jed playing in that position. I think Burt's played there sometimes, Bennett's played there sometimes, um, Bury has as well. But I don't think they've been as effective as Jed has been. So it'd be interesting to see what happens next season if Jed does go. What does Rarick do with regards to players bringing in? So, you, you know, I think you're right. Definitely some, some more attacking players. But what type of attacking player we get, I, I, I don't know. It depends how he wants to play the system, um, to us, if you. Chris? Yeah, so I think um, I think there'll be... It'd be interesting to see how many of the players that have been out on loan this season slash younger players... Rowick deems good enough to be in and around the first team squad. So obviously you've got Bury that will be, but the likes of, you mentioned uh, Alex Mitchell, uh, Hayden Muller, who's there, but obviously not making the squad. Uh, why is I, that? Why, why do you think he's not getting in, getting a look in? Uh, just a personal view. I, I don't I don't know, but I, I would say that um, he sees Leonard as a very flexible player and he'd rather have mm-hmm. more attack-minded players on the bench given where we are in the season and what, what's there for us. That's just my personal view, which makes mm. sense, I suppose. Um, I don't know anything about Muller. I've seen him play a couple of times, but I don't know anything about him. Um, Kai, maybe you do. Um, but, so, I think Alafi as well, like, will Tanto come back into the squad? Yeah. Is he a, a ready-made replacement? Great, great shout, yeah. Some of the strikers that we have there. But, so, I think I think that is a, is a big thing. Mm. Um Every player we seem to be linked to is a like a number ten, a centre attacking midfielder. We have that Elliot, Elliot Anderson. We've linked to a lot of the, the lads in Europe. So quite clearly, he wants to sign one of those. It's also clearly not going to be Ojo because he's. I find that bizarre. He comes back. He could have stayed at Liverpool. He comes back, does his rehab here, and then he's not played one minute of football. I don't think. I think no, no. He's coming against Stoke, didn't he? And then that's been yeah. in, which I find a little bit bizarre. So I think mm-hmm. there's that. And then the final thing I'd say as well is. I do think we're going to need centre-back reinforcements because if you think if, if we don't get Ballard back, I'm pretty sure Pierce is not going to be offered another playing contract. I'll be, I'll be very surprised if Pierce is there next, next season. So that kind of leaves you with possibly the bare bones plus some inexperience. So I think we probably mm. need another centre-back. We've gone all season really without actual left and right wing-back yeah. like for like replacements. Murray Wallace mm. does a job there. Leonard does a job there. That's not their natural natural position. So mm. I think overall the squad needs more depth. I, I, I don't think we've got a particularly big squad and that showed with some of the injuries. So mm. I can see us looking to bring five or six players in in the summer, genuinely. Um, on top we've got, of the youth. And we've got eight players out of contract in the season, I think, didn't well, right? yeah, it? I could see 10 players coming in like the Harris season where we really do rebuild. Hmm. Interesting, interesting summer window potentially then yeah. to um, to come back. Quite, to. I quite mean, exciting, isn't it? As well, when you think about it, it can be quite exciting summer for us. Of, I mean, we've obviously looked at where we need to strengthen, but what sort of player 
do you want? Do they need to be a special sort of player? I don't want to go on the cliche of we need a Millwall sort of player, but what's what's the definition of a Millwall sort of player to to each of you? We we'll start with you, Chris. What's your definition of a of a Millwall player? I think the absolute bread and butter has to be someone that clearly, evidently gives absolutely everything for the shirt. And I know every club will say that, but I do genuinely think our club is unique where if you don't, you'll get found out very quickly. And there's been a lot of players with a lot of talent that have come to this club, but have been found out very quickly because they are not consistent in, in that number one core thing. So I think that is that is something... The only thing, and I, I mentioned this in our sort of WhatsApp chat earlier, it, WhatsApp chat earlier is the type of player that we might need that will unlock defenses next year. That number ten, I think they are going to blow a bit hot and cold. I think I think that's just the nature of that style of player, um, and I think that's quite different to what we're used to. Um, and I think it'll be interesting to see how the fans take to that because it's, it's not going to be a I'm going to contradict myself slightly. He might give everything, but he's not going to be like someone that grafts and chases back constantly, but he's going to be that player that can maybe have that one bit of magic and can, like a defence splitting pass. So it'd be really interesting to see where the recruitment goes. A bit like a phobie. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> phobie, phobie can, some games, he looks lazy, he doesn't want to run back. And then other games, it's just that one pure bit of, you know, class where he, you know, he puts the ball through and and it gets finished and it's great. Or look, you know, look at Luton, yeah, one two, yeah. Look at Luton. He did nothing, and I, I, you know, some of the fans in the in the crowd were saying, "You lazy person," blah 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 blah. <laughs> um, and um, what, more explicit, explicit than that, wasn't it? Really, yeah. Yeah, well, maybe. <laughs> and then <laughs> finish was unbelievable. Like first time, bottom corner, <laughs> absolutely superb. Um, mm. I think that that sums it up, didn't it, Mickey? What you were saying there. Yeah, Kai. Um, I, I, my my view is that this, as Chris said, they give everything. Um, maybe they put their head where other players don't want to. Um, I'd almost use Thompson as that sort of example. Um, but my, yeah. my, I guess, most important thing is that they have that real connection with the fans as well. I think if you look at players that have really done well recent years, I mean, players like a Thompson um, had a really good connection with the fans. Jimmy Abdu, I think, had a really good connection with the fans. Um, and even a sort of a player, obviously he didn't play for us for very long, but the fans loved him. That Danny Shitu, um, you know, he was so so strong. He'd give, he'd give everything. Um, he put his ta- he put tackles in. He'd win headers. He, I know he's big, big, big lad anyway. But um, but just 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 everything, you know, that connection with the fans is is really yeah. He had his own phrase as well. Yeah, that, that shows how much the fans love. <laughs> <doesn't it? laughs> yeah, I had a t-shirt with it. So. Um, no, I think that that probably sums it all up in terms of that connection with the fans and just giving their giving their all. I think that's a real Millwall type player. So, yeah, I agree with, with, with both Chris and Kai there. Um, I think it's quite obvious, really. You need you know, a typical Millwall player is somebody who plays for the for the badge, plays for the shirt, gives it a hundred percent, very determined, aggressive you know, in, in their play. And if you look over the years of, of what these players are, you're looking at likes of Rhino, you know, Herlock. Um, Les Briley, you go through Alex Ray, um, Ben Thatcher, um, Tim Cahill, you know, all, all these sort of players would literally run through walls, wouldn't they? Um, and, and, and die, you know, uh, for, for the club. Um, is that what, what we need going forward? Um, you know, it's great to have these players that will give 100%, 100% they're probably not always the most technically gifted players, but do we get to a point now where we've reached uh, a time, you know, where, where we're challenging for the Premiership, where we might need that little bit more quality now, uh, and, and less, you know, of the kind of typical, dare I say, it, mill type player. When, what do you think? Well, I think you're right. I mean, we don't, you know, us as as fans always love an underdog player as such. Hence, why mm-hmm. Murray Wallace is one player of the season this year. Um, yeah. It might not be the best. He's definitely not getting in the Scotland team. Fuck knows why. But um, he's up for everything. You know, he's in when we need him to score goals. He'll score goals. When we need him to, you know, take a tackle for the team, he'll take a tackle. Um, He's a superb player. And also, give or take, obviously, Bournemouth away. But this is the first season since 1988 
that we've not had a red card all season. Wow. Yeah, that does surprise me, yeah. Plenty of yellows, but not um, any reds. So, yeah. Um, I think that's probably a point where we will uh, end part one. We're not going to be talking about Bournemouth. Um, I believe there's going to be a show later this week where we look into Bournemouth in a lot more detail and, and part of the season on a stat-based um, show uh, with Omar and Kai later on in the week, or maybe me and Kai later on in the week, or maybe some of the guys. But we come back to Bournemouth um, towards the end of the week. But what we will do is um, this next break is slightly longer than normal, but there'll be a... Uh, I recorded a special show last week um, with four members of the 71-72 team. And it's available, if you've not already seen it, on our YouTube uh, and on the pod called Lions of the Den. Um, it's a great show. Listen, I wasn't, I wasn't even born then, um, but it was a fantastic show to be um, involved in. Um, at some points, I did spill, feel like a spare prick at a wedding. Um, just listening. These guys hadn't been in touch, in contact, all in one place for the best part of 20 years plus. And when they got together, it just flowed. Um, the camaraderie, it was as if they'd never, you know, the team spirit, it was as if they'd never been apart. So we're going to break for part one, then we're going to finish in part two with a bit of a, a controversial subject to a degree. Um, I'm going to ask these guys, is Jed Wallace and we all legend or just a good player? We'll be back after this. See you in a bit. Bad ankle, but Benny said to Jack, bandage him up and send him out. And that day, you remember, Doug, Charlie Vaughan said that's the first, best first half performance I've ever seen. Mm. And Trevor Hockey, he was running around in circles and they, they couldn't find him when we was, they was going off at half-time. He was at the dog track. Was that when we beat him 6-2? Yes, that's right. Yeah. And that was when Charlie turned around and said to us, that's the best first-half performance I've I, ever I, seen. I'll tell you and what, Keith, there's, a name, there's a name from the past, Charlie Vaughan. He was a good player, Charlie, by the way. I reckon he was the best uncapped centre-forward. Oh. And do you know, he, he was, he was a, Dougie, do you know he was a religious man? No, I didn't know. Nor did I. No. One of the one of the fellas in the flower market, oh. one of the other governors, he, Charlie used to go into the school to do coaching. And and this fella, Bev Moss, he said to me, do you know Charlie Vaughan was a religious man? Oh. I said, well, I don't. I said, but I, w I always remember, he never he never swore, did he? No, he would no. Al he would always no. shout out, bloody blimey, whether yeah. it was you, me, or Frankie Peterson or Dan. Instead of shouting out, you stupid yeah. whatever, yeah. it was bloody blimey, Stevie Brown, <laughs> or bloody blimey, yeah. Dougie, all that. Yeah. Yeah, you remember that? He, he was a really as well, didn't he, Derek? He was at Chelsea, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, was, yeah a nice was, he was a nice fella, Charlie. Yeah. Yeah. But that day, Trevor Hockey, he didn't know where he was going because of Keith Weller. Keith absolutely murdered him. And there's a name, mate, Keith Weller, what a player. I think what a player he was indeed. If we'd have had Keith Weller that year, as, yeah. as we said before, um, we would have gone up because he'd have, he'd have made a big difference to our team. Yeah. He was a, Wonderful. You know, if you'd have had Brigio and Poss up the middle there and uh, Keith just sitting in the old behind, I mean, blimey, what a team that would have been, wouldn't it? Welcome back then. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed that snip um, of the 71 team, please do go watch it uh, on YouTube or as a pod and I hope you enjoy it as much as I did um, recording it. I am going to pick you, Joe, first and I got into a bit of debate on Twitter the other day and I do understand that this is probably a generational thing, possibly. Um, I think Jimmy Abdu is a legend. He's in the top 10 appearances. He's done 10 years with the club. He won player of the year um, twice on two different years apart. Not not consistent. 
two years on the trot, two different two different points. He scored um, the winning goal against Leeds for the player final, which obviously we went on and won against Swindon. And he was he was loved by Millwall fans up and down the country. Now Jeb Wallace, Jeb Wallace is a good player. No taking away from him. Without him this season or the last season, we would probably be in a bit of doodoo. But he's never won player of the year for whatever reason. Has he had any standout historic moment for us? Yes, he scored the final goal when we beat Leeds 4-3, but it was only a league game, not a cup game. And is Jed Wallace a Millwall legend or is he just an outstanding player who we've been lucky enough to have? Start with you first, Joe. Um, I would say he is a very, 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 very good player. Uh, is he a, a Mill legend? I, I, I would say no, unfortunately. Um, if you sign you know, a new contract and spend over three or four seasons with us, maybe until we kind of get to these sort of early 30s and we win a promotion or get to a playoff final and he contributes to that, then perhaps, yeah. But uh, I agree with you there, Mickey. I don't think he's done enough, really, um, despite him scoring you know, goals and creating so many assists for us each season, being quite consistent with it. I don't think he's really done enough to warrant that title. Um, like you say, like Jimmy Abdu, I think fully deserves that title. I think you go back even further to the likes of Terry Herlock. When I was a kid watching Mill in the late 80s, I think he, he gets it. I think Neil Harris deserves that title. But um, ever since Neil Harris, I don't think there's anyone at the moment that's kind of really sort of got to that point where you say, yeah. Steve Mill Morrison, Mitch. you could understand with Steve Morrison maybe scoring the winner. Mm at the playoff final. But again, I don't think then, that was probably enough to yeah. make him a Millwall legend. If we if we were right now and mm. we had the Millwall Hall of Fame, which has been talked about for years and years and years, mm. Jimmy would get my vote. If it was between Jimmy and Jed, Jimmy would get my vote all day. Oh, yeah. But then like, look at Tim Cahill. He was fantastic for us. You know, and he scored an important goal in the semi-final against Sunderland at Old Trafford. You know, and what a player he, he was for us. Um, and again, he's a very, 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 very good player as well. But was, is he a Mill legend? I don't know. Someone argue and say, yes, personally, I, I much I, I liked him. I didn't think he's quite in that sort of bracket. And I don't think Morrison is either, unfortunately. Um, people talk about, you know, Barry Kitchener being a Mill legend. I, I wasn't around to watch him play, but the older generation, my father-in-law used to watch him back in the day, he would say that, yes, he is, because he was just a fantastic player and probably... And and he played over 600 and something well, games for Millwall. And exactly. he had the opportunity to go anywhere else, and he never did. As you, as That's you right. Know, in that show, what I did last week with um, with those 70s heroes, they, yeah. they really do talk about him. But So in yeah. your, your view, Jed Wallace, good player, yeah. he's not a Millwall legend. That's right, exactly. Sorry, Jed, if you're if you're listening, but <laughs> we love you. We love I you. love you. I love you. I love you to sign and sign your contract, but yeah, at the moment you haven't quite done enough for me. And that's just my, my opinion, unfortunately. I've yeah. heard I've heard a rumor before that um, he does listen. So look, this isn't this isn't anything in that case, you. You know, I'll you're take that back. You know, he is a bit of a legend after all. You know, <laughs> is it is it too late for April Fools? What month is it? Kai, <laughs> <laughs> was. What's your thought? Listen, I listen, right? Um, we know that a few players, we've been told that there's a few players who listen to us. We know that Millwall, um, some of the people inside Millwall listen to us. So this isn't any, this isn't in any way disrespectful to you, Jed. You've been an absolute servant to us. Um, we appreciate everything you've done. You're fantastic. But I don't think you're there yet. I think maybe another couple of seasons and you would definitely see yourself in there. But right mm. now, I don't think he is. And he's got nothing to do with you not signing your contract or signing your contract. It's just, I just don't think you've ticked enough boxes to be there yet. Kai, you're, you're the younger generation, closer to the age I was arguing with online the other day. So what's your view? Mill legend or just an outstanding player? See, it's difficult for me because since I've been a Mill fan, so I've been going Mill since 2006, roughly. 
Um, so over that time, Jimmy, legend. Um, but then is there any other legends? I mean, obviously Harris, another one. I've just managed to catch him before he retired. Um, t- Tony Craig, potentially, I don't know. Tony Craig, potentially. Mm, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, would you not? I wouldn't say that. I think you can make a case for him off of Morrison than, yeah. than Craig, I would say. Yeah, it's, it's difficult, isn't it? It's difficult, pick, isn't it? But yeah, who you put, who you put into that sort of bracket. Mm. Um, I guess because Craig came back quite a few times. I mean, you, you know, played quite a few games, but then again, as you're right, you know, maybe Robbo definitely in there for me. Um, yeah, I don't know if, in terms of, I guess, quality, Jed. Is up there in terms of the best players I've seen at Millwall, um, just because of you know we have legends like Harris and we have legends like uh, Jimmy Abdu, and even though they gave their you know they worked their socks off all game and that was you know the superb, they were superb for the club. I think Jed sometimes you know gives us that moment of quality that maybe other players haven't over the years, if that makes sense. Um, mm. See, Harris scored some really important goals, but Jed almost sort of I guess finds a way sometimes to just take the game away from the opposition and, you know, you might, you, you can almost sum that up as Morrison almost like Morrison wouldn't do anything all game, but then he'd score a really important goal late on. And you'd be thinking, brilliant, let's not take him off. Same with Jed. If we're 1-1 or it's nil-nil or we're 1-0 down, I'd never understand taking Jed off because if we get a free kick in the last minute or, or you know, something like that, Jed, Jed whips the ball, you know, Jed scores, you know, Jed scores, you know, he's got a lot of free kicks for us over the years probably not always it's not worth taking him off because just in case you get that chance so i am going to go with jed's probably not a legend for the club but he's probably he's probably closer for me than maybe maybe others um just maybe because of my age yeah okay come on in chris <laughs> is jed wallace a real legend or just a fucking outstanding player <laughs> i think he's he's one of the best players i've seen in a middle show in my sort of 30 years um he um he has won games for a single-handedly. I think you can be honest and say that. Some of his free kicks in, in the last couple of years, he's done that for us. Um, I think he's a leader. I think you can see it on the pitch. Everyone watches and, and watches what he does. I, I think, know exactly where you're going with this. Go on. <laughs> I think um, he's a model professional on and off the pitch. Um, Absolutely. conducts himself uh, exemplary um, from what I see. And he's a genuine top bloke to boot. Is he a Millwall legend for me? Not quite. Um, I think it takes the, the meaning away of, of, of what a legend is and it dilutes it if you have too many. Um, and um, I think it depends on the criteria of a legend is. I, I don't think it's just because they're the best player or because they played so many games or because they've scored a, a vital moment because then you'd have Morrison in there or whatever and he divides things. So I think when you add all those things together, he's not quite a legend. He's in that next bracket. I was thinking about this whilst you, you were chatting and I only caught the tail end of this person's career for Millwall, but I looked at the goals and the amount of games that this person played for Millwall and I think he's in a very similar bracket, but we might just forget. And I wouldn't class this person as a legend. I'm talking about Alex Ray. So Alex Ray wasn't a striker, scored one in three-ish for us, over mm-hmm. 200 appearances. Um a fantastic player for the club. Is he defined as a Millwall legend? I don't think he is. Um, he's probably... Interesting that- point, Chris. Just what you mentioned there is, when you think about what Alex Ray did in regards to goals, appearances and everything else, and you're right, you know, I don't think he probably deserves a title as a Millwall legend, but yet Terry Herlock, people probably, I think 80% or 90% of Millwall fans would say that he is a Millwall legend. Now, what has Terry Herlock done more or better than Alex Ray has done other than being part of the team that got promoted to the old first division? I mean, he wasn't really known for his goal scoring, didn't really sort of create many chances. I mean, he did leave us and then go to um, Southampton, I think it was, wasn't it? And then, and then Rangers and stuff. So, you know, if anything, I think Alex Ray probably did as good, if not you know, a better job maybe for his goal scoring. So what, what is that difference? How you define that? Mill legend status in that case. We could compare those two players. How do you compare them? I mean, I, I wasn't around for when Terry Hullock played, so I can't I can't really comment to be honest. I'll have to ask my old man. But <laughs> from from what I hear, um, it was just the way he played the game. And right, okay. he, he just epitomised the 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 kind of Millwall fan but on the pitch. 
Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know. I think it's a really good point, Joe. Um, but I just mm. wanted to bring Alex Ray up because I, I was like looking at what they, they were out. when they were here. Yeah, that's a... That was kind of, to me, very, very similar. And I was like, right, yeah. well, no class Alex Ray is a legend. Probably not. Then therefore, Jed, I can't either. Absolutely. Yeah. Jed signed a new three-year deal tomorrow and then end up racking up three 350 appearances for the club. Yeah. And continued the same vein where he is now, whether we got yeah. promoted or not, then yes, I would. Yeah. But not quite there yet. To sign the contract, basically. Yeah. Yeah, Jeff, watch him, mate. Get your pen out. <laughs> <laughs> right, I think I think we're gonna draw that to a close. Yeah, I think we've um I think we've got a show there, mate. Um of of doing that at some point, mate. I think we're uh, we're gonna do a show on the legends. Um realistically. I think we could do look at who who would you class as a legend or not over the last twenty years, because I wouldn't class um, Matty Lawrence is a legend, but the club does, um, personally. Um, and I think there's a few players there, um, where we look, maybe we 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 look at creating a, a, a our Hall of Fame as such. And a Millwall Legends team from one to 11, yeah, yeah, I think so. We, we, we'll do that as a show in a couple of weeks because it comes out of season. We're coming out of season soon and we'll do that and uh, and maybe we'll follow it up with um something on Twitter space or um if you've got if you've got an opinion and you think some players or you think are a legend disagree with us or whatever, then drop us a DM and maybe we'll bring you on the show going forward, give you your, your five minutes to um to state your point and see if you can convince some of these um on the panel. But look, that's it. That's a, another show done and dusted. Uh that was show fifty-eight. We'll be back later in a week where we will be talking about Bournemouth. Hopefully you've enjoyed this. Um, I know you normally go uh, all excited when Chris and Joe were on last time. Um, There is the one viewer or listener who I really can't remember who you are at the minute, but you also, you always message me. And I didn't say the C word tonight. So hopefully that's made you um, happy. And there has been very, very few expletives. So I blame that on Omar. Uh, He will be here back next game. Thank you very much for listening. Again, check out the past shows we've done. You can find them all there. Follow us across social media. Uh, Follow us on TikTok because, unbelievably, we are still going massively viral with one video, and the comments on that video are well worth looking at. Um, And I think that's it. We're done. So join us again. Appreciate your time listening to us and uh, this debate. I've got a feeling we'll run and run. See you again. This week on RVER, sponsored by Progressive Insurance. I'm sorry, I can't operate on that vehicle. But doctor, you took an oath. That RV, it's my son's RV. Oh, doctor, isn't there anything you can do? I'm not a miracle worker, Sheila. I'm an RV surgeon, trained to save the lives of large injured recreational vehicles, which is definitely a real profession. When your RV really needs saving, Progressive has you covered. See if you could save with a leader in RV insurance. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates covered subject to policy terms. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.